Hallelujah. So, I said today is special. So, those who came to visit us, excuse us. Because this is divine. We don't have a clear program. We just jump as we go. Put me Matthew chapter number 17, verse 27. I just want to say something before I preach. Because today is how to walk free from worries. Amen? But that's not what I'm going to say now. Now, let's pray. Let's read. He said, nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. Amen? And when you open its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. Hallelujah. Say the money is in the mouth. Yes. Yes. Poverty is in the mouth and money is in the mouth. Yeah, that's what Jesus was trying to tell them. He said, the money could have been the belly, and Jesus didn't need to go and catch a fish. Amen? He could lift up basket and bread multiply. So he does not need to go and fish, but this was the principle. So the reason why we taught you about how to speak, because we know that, that your wealth is in your mouth. Poverty and wealth are in the mouth of men. So whatever you speak, that's what you get. Amen? Because you are, you are created in the image and likeness of God. But we'll get to that. Put again Proverbs 18.20. Proverbs 18.20. So I told you that your 2023 will be based on the power of your word. That's why we prepare 2023. Now, a man's stomach shall be with the fruit of his mouth. So, 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 so your belly is satisfied with the fruit of your mouth. So you need to talk according to what God wants you to talk. That's why we've been heavy in this month. I know we emphasize it, even overemphasize it for some of you. But we know that this is where life is. If you miss that, you miss on destiny. Hallelujah. So that's why we talk to you about what to speak. And we are not talking about speaking positive. I'm not into that positive thing. I'm into speaking the words. Because when you speak positive, it's from the main imagination. When you speak the word, it's from God's perspective. So we speak the word. We are people that speak the words. Hallelujah. Now, freedom from worries. Say freedom from worries. I want you to say it again. Hallelujah. I want us to take our Bibles in the book of uh, Matthew Chapter number 6, verse 25. Matthew 6, 25. Can we read very quickly so that you can catch time? It says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body. What you shall put on, is it not life more than food and the body more than clothing? I just want to read the verse 25. Now, Jesus is introducing a very interesting principle. Jesus is talking to human beings, and he said to them, do not worry. Come on, is it possible for a human being not to worry? Is it possible for a human being not to worry? No. But Jesus is saying, do not So he's not talking to human beings. No. Because it would be impossible to say to a human being, don't worry. 
There are many things that comes our way that we worry about. And Jesus comes and says, I tell you, do not worry. Now, the Apostle Paul echoes the same thing. If we go to Philippians chapter number 4, verse 6, let's read. Philippians 4, 6. Follow me up. Follow me today. When we come out of this, you will live a life worry-free. Uh, Philippians 4, 6. Let's go on very quickly. Philippians chapter number 4, verse 6. Are you there with me? Okay. Let me do this first. He said... Be anxious or do not worry again. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And let's go. And the peace of God, which, is, which surpasses all human reasoning. Hallelujah. Will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, what, what does it mean to worry? What does it mean to worry? According, I, I, I took it from a dictionary. It said, worry, the, the, the verb worried means to feel or cause to feel anxious or trouble about an actual or potential problem. Let me say it again. It's the state, it, sorry, it to feel or to cause to feel anxious about, are you there with me? Anxious or trouble about an actual or a potential problem. So we worry because of what we are going through and we worry because of what we may go through. Hallelujah. So when you are going through a crisis, you worry. You know why you worry? Because you don't know the outcome. Worry is connected to outcome. Worry is not really, like the dictionary says, worry is not really connected to what you are going through. Worry is connected to the end of it. Hallelujah. And, and, and the best way I describe it is a game that is played. Amen. While the game is playing, your heart is pumping. If you are, for those who love soccer, you know what I'm talking about. Or rugby. Now, when the guy gets the ball, everybody stands. Oh, bro, he goes. And then he misses. Or they tackle him. And everybody goes, oh. And you can see the clock ticking, and you know that your team is behind. There's a cold sweat. Amen? And then at the end of the game, if you lost... You have, a down, you have a cast down face. You're coming home in shame with a beer inside of you. And then you, you, you come and you, the bride that you were scheduling is not the same anymore. Because the taste of a bride is completely different because of you just lost. Hallelujah. But when you won, <laughs> even you laugh with your enemies. Have you seen people hugging each other on a stand? And even sometimes they are super, oh, I've asked my enemy. Because the joy of a victory of a cloud, your reasoning. My father told me, he said, be careful to make decisions when you are joyful. Because that joy will propel you into decisions and then you regret later on. He said, when you are sad, don't make decisions. When you are joyful, don't make decisions. Wait, be still and make decisions. 
So, but the game is over. And next day, they replay the game. And you are watching. You're not anxious anymore. The one that has never watched and did not know that the game was played will be anxious. But you, because you have seen the game, you are not anxious anymore. Hallelujah. The reason why Christians are anxious is because they don't know the mind of God concerning the situation. And because they don't know the mind of God, they don't know the outcome. Therefore, they are worrying because they don't know what is going to happen. Hallelujah. Imagine you can't pay your rent and you are worried about that. But to know that in your heart, to know that by the 30th, money is coming in your bank account. Are you going still to worry? Because you know money is coming. But if you don't know if money will come, then you can't sleep. And some of you worried for things that didn't make any difference in your life. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, I'm looking at my sister here. Her father was sick and she was very worried. I said she called the whole heaven and the angels and everybody to pray. <laughs> and, and you know, God was sitting there and God knew the father would not die. But she did not know because of what the doctor said. Now she worried. Her blood pressure went up that day. Her heart was pumping for nothing. Today, the father is still among us. If she has known, she would have laughed at the situation. Hey! So the reason, one of the reasons why people worry is because they don't know the outcome. Say they don't know the outcome. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, hmm. so why did Jesus say it? Do not worry. Now, Jesus was not giving an advice. Jesus was not advising them, oh, guys, don't worry. Jesus was making a statement. Hallelujah. He was telling them what should be. Because Jesus understood that worry creates. Somebody say worry creates. Aha. Uh -huh. Because you need to know that we are created in the image and the likeness of God. Say with me, I'm created in the image and likeness of God. Now, let me tell you something, that God does not create anything that he can't imagine. <laughs> there is nothing God will create that is not in his mind. Have you realized that everything that human make proceed from their mind? The airplane was first designed in the mind before it was designed on paper. Now, when you write an assignment, your answers are in your mind before you write it on the paper. So if there's nothing there, you can't write anything. So writing is a display in the natural of what is invisible. Oh my God, somebody help me. So, so, so whatever is in your mind is already real in the spirit. Now, you might not see it, but demons see it, angels see it. Hallelujah. So, so, so when you worry, you crystallize the things of the spirit into the natural. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus says something. 
He said in the book of Matthew, he said, if you look at a woman to lust after her, you have already committed adultery with her in your heart. Jesus was talking about that principle, that whatever you think about and imagine in your mind is already settled before God. Hallelujah. And you know that worry is a function of thoughts. When you worry, it's a, it's a thought activity. Your mind becomes busy. Your mind imagines the way things will come. You know some of the people here, every night you see yourself being buried. You are in coffins. Or people are chasing you. Or people, dogs are behind you. You know what is happening? It's your fears that are displayed when you are sleeping. So, so, so it's the state of your mind that is displayed when you are sleeping. And I know some dreams are from God. And some are from your own sources, from your own worries. So Jesus is saying, because you are in the image and likeness of God, you must be careful. Yes, because whatever you, 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 you ponder upon, whatever you worry about becomes reality in your life. You didn't get what I'm saying. Hallelujah. So, so Jesus, my God, Jesus help us here. Hmm. Help us. So Jesus was saying that by the power of your minds, listen, your, your, your mind is your creative ability. You must know that. And, and this is biblical. Hallelujah. This is biblical. There is nothing Christians have done this. They have given the area of creation of the mind to new age. I don't know, since they heard about new age, everything is new age. You know, they heard about Gundalini or whatever, so every part is about shake. It's a Gundalini spirit. What Gundalini? Oh, Gundalini. What is that about? Continue, Gundalini. <laughs> they, they, they come, they think they have discernment. They sit there. Hmm, this is not Holy Spirit. Who told you? Aha. Uh -huh. Where did you see the Holy Ghost and told you it's not his? So Jesus saying, listen, let's go to the book of Job. I want to take you somewhere in Job chapter number 3. I want to read something for you. Job chapter number 3, verse 25 to 26. Job chapter number 3, verse 25 to 20. Job 3, 25. He say, for the thing I greatly feared upon me, and what I dreaded, has happened to me. Job was saying, the thing I feared, meaning the thing I was thinking, whatever my thought was about the situation has happened. So Job couldn't sleep. Why? Because he was afraid and worried that something bad may happen to his children. That's why every evening and every morning he was making sacrifice. He was not making sacrifice because he feared God. He made sacrifice because he wanted protection. So when the devil came and said to God, God said, have you considered, my God, have you considered my servants? And the devil says, but you have urged him. That's why I cannot touch him. Stretch out your hand and touch it. And God says, see. The word see God used there is not just see. 
It's the word, see with the eyes of a prophet. He says, see, is is in your hands. Meaning the edge was already broken, but you couldn't discern it. The edge of Job were broken by fear. And God has to say to the devil, see, is in your power. So, so, so Job confessed that he was living in fear. The moment the fear left him, he was restored. You know when the fear left him? When he said, naked I came, naked I will return. It means I don't hold on any material thing anymore. I know that my redeemer lives. By that moment, fear left him. Because if you attach yourself to things that can be lost, you are in fear. But if you understand that the power of creation is inside of you, so that anything that is lost can be recreated. Oh. If there's still something from you, it's not the end of the world. Because you were not born with that in your hands. It was downloaded in your spirit. As long as your spirit is with you, you can make again what was lost. The problem we have with people is that when they lose something, they think the end of the story. They don't know it's a setup to recreate something new. Because, because God has loaded you with benefits. Wow. Somebody gave me a land of one hectare one time. And I said to Leon, go give him back the land. Not that I despised it. I loved it. But the Lord says... I'll give you something that is bigger than that. Give this back. Don't hold on to it. So I send Leon to the family. I say, tell them, I thank them, but the Lord say, I can't take the land. Nice land. Because I was not buying to a land. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to tell you today is that if you are afraid, the devil takes advantage of you. Because the devil cannot create, he manipulates you to create. He cannot create. God didn't give him that ability. Yes, God didn't make Satan in his image and likeness. He made human beings in his image and likeness. That's why when they fell into sin, he went after them. Because they were himself. Jesus said, do not worry. He said, do not worry. Even if you don't know how it's going to finish, you know how it's going to finish. Job said, the thing I fear the most has come upon me. And he has to be freed from that. Now, did Jesus offer a solution to worries? He did. He did. Okay, let's read again Matthew 25, then we read and I'm up to some stage. I want you to, to read with me. Matthew 6 from 25. And I will only stop. Who will stop when I tell you to stop? Put it there again. He said, therefore, I said to you, do not worry about what? Look at the point. About your? Then he puts comma. Meaning it's not finished. Amen? What does he call your life? He's going to explain to you. He said, what you're going to? So it means, he said, don't worry about food. Amen? Don't worry about provision to buy food. Huh. 
what you're going to about your what you're going to put on. Jesus, you know, have you realized that all the things Jesus mentioned here, you only use money to buy them? Uh, no, no, come on. Clothes. You can't go to a shop and collect clothes without exchanging with money. You cannot buy water without money. Hallelujah. There is nothing you can do now on your body, even your health. Come on. Come on. You can't go to hospital unless it's a public hospital. You can't go to hospital without a cash. It means that your cash was in your medical aid card, but you paid every month. So Jesus is saying, do not worry about whatever money can buy. Come on. He said, don't worry about whatever money can purchase. Then he goes, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Is putting in perspective that he has given you more than food and clothing. He has given you life. Why do you think he won't give you the lesser thing if he has given you the more greater thing? He gave you life and then you worry about what goes with life. Okay, John, when you were hired, were you worrying that when you go to work, you need an office? Were you ever worried that, you? I don't know if there was a chair there? The moment you signed the contract, you knew everything was there. Amen? Why would God give you life without giving you the supply? Come on. I don't know if you catch what I'm saying. Why would God give you life without supply? And I know that idea, he, he wants us to suffer so that we can, but the suffering he's talking about is not the suffering of the supply. It's the suffering of persecution because of your stand for God. If no one will hire you or send you on a mission without providing the basic means for your mission, why will God send you here on earth and then you receive him, you become his ambassador, and then the basic needs are not met? Which country are you working for? Which country sent you? Which kingdom sent you? Are you here by high authority? Or you smuggle your way in here. <laughs> say to your neighbor who sent you. <laughs> look at him. Look at say neighbor who sent you. <laughs> when you find who sent you, you will know what to do. That's why Philippians said by prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be known to because he's the one that is responsible for your presence here. So you are not begging him. You are asking him to do so that you may be able to do. Hallelujah. So Jesus offered. Let's go to Matthew 25 and we'll continue the reading. I say, look at the bird of the air. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just telling you, mind reason a bit. I said, please, I'm, I'm taking you into an argument here. Reason a bit. Look at the, 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 the birds. They, they don't sow. They don't reap. They don't gather in bad. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. A bird does not have a field. It eats everywhere. The bird does not know this is your field, this is my field. Wherever there is food, he eats. And he said, look at them. So Jesus is saying, your provision is not limited by, to the field where you are working. And that's what he's trying to tell you. 
This can tell you that the problem you are having is that your mind is set on your job. It's your salary. You make calculation. I receive 10,000. Now, it's difficult to give tithe because if I give tithe, it's only 9,000 left. So how do I manage 9,000? He said, look at the birth. The problem is that you don't expand your vision. You are too limited to your job. You are not trusting the heavenly father. It can bring you deals that you didn't apply for. The moment you disconnect yourself from the smallest or the, the, the mindset of, the, of, 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 of being boxed and you release yourself out there and say the birds don't sow, they don't have a field, they eat everywhere. Nah, I will eat everywhere. So I have a job, but this job does not define me. My God defines me. He said, look at the bird. And he said, your heavenly father, are you not more, not, are you not of more value than they? Let's see. Which of you by worrying can add a cubit to his stature? So Jesus is saying it's unnecessary to worry because worry does not answer any problem. When you worry, tomorrow the problem stays there. You don't move a mountain by worrying. You speak to the mountain. Somebody help me. He didn't say worry your way out of a mountain. He says speak to the mountain. Uh, and let's go on. Then he continues to say, so why do you worry? Say to your neighbor, neighbor, why do you worry? He said, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of a field, how they grow. They never toil or spin. Let's go on. And yet I said to you, even Solomon, my God, even Solomon, why does he talk about Solomon? Keep it there, don't take it out. Why does he, talk, why does not, does he not say even David? Because when God is talking as reference to human being and covenant, he talks about David. When he talks about covenant with, 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 with Israel, he talks about Abraham. Now he's talking about provision and he makes mention of Solomon. Ah, listen, listen, listen. God is not choosing his word by mistake. Study the life of Solomon. Solomon never lacked in his life. He was having cattle, he was having lands, he was having gold, he was having silver. And Solomon, Solomon wisdom attracted the queen of Sheba. The queen of the south came with a wealth to bow to Solomon because Solomon had a covenant with God. God said, I will bless you. He said, there won't be any man wiser than you. Now, God is appealing the covenant that he made with Solomon here. Ah, He's talking to that altar that he erected when he called Solomon. He said, look at Solomon. That altar should speak. He said, even Solomon was not dressed like one of them. So God is saying, the covenant I'm making with you is bigger than what I made with Solomon. I trust that somebody understands what God is trying to tell us here. God is appealing to a principle. Listen, when he was talking about seeking him, he said, those who seek God, he called them the God of Jacob. So God has references. Whenever he wants to do something on the earth, he appealed to that altar. My God. On salvation, 
he made reference to Abraham because Abraham is a custodian of salvation. Amen. When he talked about seeking him, he made reference to Jacob. He's talking about provision and he calls out Solomon. So Solomon is a witness. Hey. He said, Look at Solomon. Someone said, Look at Solomon. He said, Look at Solomon. In all his life, he, didn't, he was not looked after like the fields. And what he said, he said, In all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. So he's saying that the covenant of Solomon is a small covenant compared to what I'm going to do with you. My God, somebody understand me. Somebody get excited for God in the house. You need to have a revelation here. You need to have a revelation. Then he goes on and he said, huh. now, now if God clothes, if God so clothes the grass of a field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the heaven. Now, I don't know if you get, no, my Lord, Holy Spirit, help me so I can the Spirit. God is saying the life of a field is short. So he's telling you, you are not like that. So in one sentence, he has given you long life. Uh, he said, I do this for something that is just temporary. Today and tomorrow it's gone. He said, will he not much more clothe you? He said, if I do it for something like that, that is lesser in comparison to you, Lesser in length of life, lesser in glory. What about you that is in my image and my likeness? He said, wouldn't I clothe you? Then he said, oh, you of little faith. Here's the key. God said, you don't get all this thing because your faith is not resting on me. So Jesus is pointing us again back to the Father. If you know your father and you know the character of your father, you don't worry anymore. The problem why people worry is because they don't know the heavenly father. The one that says, I am your father. Listen, 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 listen. You know, here he didn't say, oh, he didn't say your heavenly, he said your heavenly father. Because the Father has a mission of provision. Yes. Yes. Your children, you pay their school fees. Why do you do that? You have a father. Amen? You are not doing it out of covenant. You are doing it out of birth. You are looking after this woman out of covenant, not your children. Do you understand that? Covenant is multifaceted. There is an area of our life where we can talk about covenants. When we talk about bridegroom, uh, bride and all this stuff. But when we talk about children, there's no covenant. A child is by birth. You don't give birth and establish a covenant. So if you know the character of a father, you realize that as a son, I'm not in covenant. I'm in covenant when it comes to everything. But as a son, as a son, 
I can enter the house without us testing my father first, I'm coming. I can enter the house without saying, Daddy, you know what? <laughs> I don't have to ask permission because there is nothing that stands between us. I'm the reproduction of the father, the conformed copy of the original, so that when they see him, they see me. When they see me, they see him. If, I, if anything happens to me, something has happened to my dad too. Do you know that some parents, the more they bury a child, their life is over. Because something of them just died. Yeah. You know, a woman can die for her children, maybe not for her husband. No, you don't, you don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, she will talk. She will talk. But when it comes to the push, haven't you realized how they talk? When they talk to you, they say, my children. They don't say, our children. They say, my children. Because they came from a belly. Although you gave a seed, she hosted them. You know from which belly you are coming from. The Bible says you proceed from God. Ah. So that's why the Bible says, if a mother can forsake her children, I, God, will never, ever forsake you. No, I check this thing. Sometimes I talk to my wife and I realize, are these children part of me also? <laughs> you understand? Because as a father, you can discipline the child. But for father will always say you were too harsh. You understand? Exactly. Because, because when they were pushing, the father was just holding the hand. Uh -huh. When they were bleeding, the father said, ah, it will be okay. That child came out of them. And then they have a bond with the child by birth. But the husband is a covenant. You can change husband or wife, but you can't change a child. So, 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 God hates divorce. Amen? But there is something that God says. He didn't say if your husband and wife reject you. He said if your father or mother reject you, talking to a child. So there is a dimension in us that appeals to heaven. When something happens to me, heaven bleeds. Because, because, my God. Let's, let, let, let's read John chapter number 1 verse 12. Are, are you aware of what? Are, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. When you understand who your father is, you stop worrying. Because then you say, whatever happened, I know my father will have a way for me. Doesn't matter. Even, even, even if it looked completely dead, my father. Say, my father. I want you to say, my father. Aha. Let's read. He said, but as many as I received him, to them he gave them a right to become what? <laughs> to those who believe in him, in his name. Yes, let's go. Who were born. Say, who were? Born. Say it again. Born. He didn't say who were created. He said, who were? Born. Not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of men, but of? Born. You are a child of God. You proceed from God. Therefore, everything that concerns you, concerns him. 
You know, my wife made a statement. I was quiet. One time she said, she said, you can do anything to me. To, she was talking to FC to, about it. So he said, you can do anything to me, but don't touch my children. Say, if you ever touch my children, you will know who I am. And when a woman says that, you better don't know who she is. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so what I'm trying to tell you is that, is that children bear the image of the parents. A child does not worry about where the breakfast is coming from. You don't have money, they say you have money. <laughs> have you realized that, that your, your child will never ask you, Daddy, do you have money? No. He say, I want. He say, I want. Hallelujah. He sees you with 10 rand, he say, yo, Daddy is rich. Because <laughs> you have 10 rand. See you with coins, yo, that's a lot. That's the mentality of a child. If you want to free, be free of worry, you must be like a child. Hallelujah. Looking unto your father, knowing that my father shall provide all my needs according to his riches in glory. Hallelujah. So, let's avoid creating what we don't want. Because by worry, we create. Say, by worry, we create. If you find yourself worrying, rebuke yourself. Because you don't want to bring forth things that you don't want. That's why I say when you travel, forget about accident. People are thinking of accident. I don't know why. You going somewhere, you, am I going to arrive? So why did you start the journey? Come on. How do you start something you don't know what is going to happen? You climb into a car, you don't know if you'll arrive. Then stay home. <laughs> Let me round up here. <laughs> Let me give you a scripture that I'm going to finish with. I want us to go to the book of Philippians. Hallelujah. So the solution that Jesus gave is to know your heavenly father. Hallelujah. So Philippians 4, 8. I want, do we have ampli amplified version in our thing there? If we don't have, I will have to read it from mine. Philippians 4, 8. But for the sake of the reading, you can put the other version there. Philippians 4, 8. He said, finally. Say finally. finally. So he's bringing a conclusion to many things that he has said. He said, finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, Whatever is right and confirmed by God's words. Whatever is pure and wholesome. Whatever is lovely and brings peace. Whatever is admirable and of good report, of good reputation. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on this thing. Hallelujah. Enter your mind or center your mind on them. Amen? And implant them in your heart. Center your mind on this thing. So, so he's telling you, why is Paul so strong on fixing your mind? Fixing your mind because he knows anything that is not fixed can be movable. 
If you don't decide to fix your mind on those things, every wave will move you. Every wind will blow you away. Let me tell you something. The situation in which you are today will not kill you. Somebody hear me? Somebody hear me? You will not, you will not be a destitute. It, you will not lack a place to sleep. There will be always a place for you. You must know that, that there will always be something that, that makes you go further. That when you think all the doors are closed, look at the side, there is a door that is open. You, ah, the problem is that you are not seeing the door that is open. So when you, when you think everything is shattered and everything is blocked, turn aside and look unto Jesus. And you will see that there is a door that is open right behind you. You walk in that door and you will be blessed. I'm telling you the truth. There is not a child of God that understands this principle that you ever suffer in the hands of a devil. That devil is too small to make you suffer the way you are suffering. There is no devil in hell that can stop you from the assignment God has given you. You will stand up and be a man and a woman of God after God's own heart. I prophesy to you today that doesn't matter the, re the writings on the walls that the Satan has put, I write different writing today on the wall. I say you shall ever be blessed. You shall ever prosper. You shall go up and not go down. That you will hear the voice of the Lord picking you up. When everybody say it is over, it is your beginning. Uh, because, because they don't understand the mind of God. I prophesy over you. The situation at work that is worrying you is cancelled in the name of Jesus. It is cancelled in the name of Jesus. I say it is cancelled in the name of Jesus. It is cancelled in the name of Jesus. My God shall go before you. Let me give you an example. Stand there. When the people of Israel, worship him go. When the people of Israel were going, God says, I'm taking you out of Egypt. But God never told them the Red Sea will be in front of you. They came to the Red Sea and they were surprised. And they were crying. And God said, why are you crying to me? Meaning, the answer is in your hands. God said, why do you cry to me? And he said, tell the people to go forward. My God. The sea was there. And God said, go forward. Because as far as God is concerned, there is no sea. Ah. He said, the moment... You step on, you will realize it's dry land. There is no sea. The sea is just a mirage. But as far as heaven is concerned, there is no sea there. You see the sea, God does not see sea. God said, move forward. Move forward. I said, move forward. I want this to be your word. Move The doctor says, it's not possible. Move forward. You look, you look the situation of your children. You think it's not possible. Move forward. Yes, 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 yes. You look around in your family. The devil is creating havoc. But you move forward. Because, let me tell you something. When Moses moved forward, 
Israel followed him. God is not saying your family must move. He said you must move. And when you move, a family will go on dry land. The calling is not for your family. The calling is for you. Give me some drum there. The calling is for you. Hey, the calling is not for your family. The calling is for you to move forward. 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 You are entering December. You look to your bank account and you have decided we will not be able to go to holidays. That you are lost. <laughs> because you made decision according to your accounts. You didn't make decision according to God's mind. The question you should ask is, God, should I go to holiday this year? When you say yes, close your eyes. Don't look at the bank account. Move. If you move. What I like with God, he said, unless you move, I cannot move. No, 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 no. No, God does not move first and you follow. You move and God moves. That's what faith is about. He saw the crippled man. He said, stand up. You know what happened? The crippled man had to stand up first and God moved. I speak to you in this month of December. Nothing shall be impossible to you. I said, nothing shall be impossible to you. Nothing shall be impossible to you. God! I feel the grace of the Lord in this house. I tell you, I feel the grace of the Lord in this house. God is going to catapult you into a new realm of glory. That the thing that you were worrying about, you look at them and you think, why was I worrying? You know, I was in an aeroplane. We are flying upon, over a country. And they said, now we are upon this country. I couldn't see the houses. The only thing I saw were lights. Because of the way high we were at night, I only saw the light. And the Holy Spirit told me, if you burn like a light, even from heaven, we see you. And he said, but consider the cars. I said, I don't see any car. He said, look at the house. I don't, I don't see any house. He said, that's how it is with me. When you mount up with me, you stop seeing those things. You stop considering them. And all you see is my glory. And worry will walk away from you because these are the things that bring worry to you. When they disappear, God becomes real. Oh, God wants you to come up today so that the things that you are worrying about may become small and disappear. There is a new beginning for you. I said there is a new beginning for you. I said there is a new beginning for you. God didn't bring you here today just for a joke. He brought you up for a divine appointment so that you may go and manifest the glory of God. <laughs>